everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by episode 93 of the podcast on this Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, the day of love. Hopefully you and yours, your significant other, your kids are going to have a fantastic day are having a fantastic day as we kick off a new work week. I'm back from vacation to the wonderful place that is Disney World. We had a fantastic week. I'm using fantastic a lot today. I'm in a good mood. It was a brilliant trip. I will get into the details of that here in a moment. But first, let's get to the business matters, as I always say. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. What are you waiting for? And I'm actually kind of frustrated in the sense, I'm in a good mood, but I'm frustrated in the sense that, you know, right before I left for vacation, uh, I posted a podcast episode, episode 93, which this is right now, but I posted that one on February 6th because that was the day that the Lovey Smith news broke at night, and that episode also featured an interview with uh, new Dynamo head coach Paolo Nagamura. I thought it was a pretty solid episode. I go ahead and post it. I don't get an update on my phone that it's been posted all the places that this podcast is available. So that that was a little concerning. Woke up the next day. uh, It wasn't on Apple Podcasts. It wasn't on iTunes. It wasn't on Podbean. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Turns out there was a glitch in the system that night. That podcast episode never got posted. I checked the metrics. I got no downloads, nothing. I mean, it was crazy. So it wasn't posted anywhere. That was frustrating. So... What was episode 93 was no more. It's deleted. Now this is episode 93, and we're going to get into a host of topics, including the Super Bowl last night, uh, the Rams beating the Bengals. I'm going to toot my own horn here. I picked the Rams at the beginning of the playoffs to uh, to win uh, the Super Bowl, and they did it. They uh, take home the Lombardi Trophy. I'll get into the Super Bowl. I'm going to get into my uh, Walt Disney World vacation first, but after the Super Bowl, we'll talk Texans, Lovey Smith hire. Uh, Also, Brian Flores making more news. He continues to seek attention. Uh, Now he's going to sue the Texans. He's going to add them as a defendant in the lawsuit because, like I said, he just wants more attention. And uh, I think that should wrap it up for today. Uh, And then later in the week, I will have that interview with uh, Dynamo head coach Paolo Nagamura, which was a good one. And um, maybe, maybe this week I'll post the Kellen Sampson interview or I might hold on to that next week. It was a good talk. Cougs stumbling a little bit last week. They lost a couple in a row. But, hey, that's going to happen with a team that's uh, – they've been playing well. But, you know, every now and then you, you hit rough patches in the season. And uh, it's going to happen. Cougs hit one right now. Hopefully they bounce back. And maybe I'll have that interview with Kellen Sampson later on this week. But first, let's start with my trip to Disney World. I want to say this, and uh, you may not like me for saying this. You may not listen to me anymore, but uh, here's my stance on Disney World. I absolutely love it. And if you don't like Disney or what Disney has to offer, not just saying Disney World, which is great, but uh, Disney products, Disney movies, everything about Disney. If you don't like Disney, if you have a problem with that, in fact, if you hate Disney, I don't like you. We can't be friends, and uh, I have a tough time trusting you. Uh, because uh, Disney, I, I I can't overstate how how well they have things operating, especially at Disney World. First of all, they're a well-oiled machine when it comes to all their products, right? Uh, Mickey Mouse, 
is a timeless character. He was created back in the early 1900s, and he's still he's still loved by everybody. Um, but now they have Star Wars, they have Marvel, they still put out all the movies, they have Pixar, so that's a well-oiled machine. But when you go to Disney World, and I hadn't been in a couple of years, and uh, for those that hadn't been listening, uh, we took my son, Ryan, for his uh, fifth birthday to Disney World last week. We left on a Monday, did all the parks, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, wrapped it back up at the Magic Kingdom. Beautiful weather except for the first day. It was his fifth birthday week. So uh, we only took him. We didn't take my daughter. It was his trip to really enjoy it all. So And he did. He loved every second of it. Uh, just the look on his face when we walked into the Magic Kingdom. He saw his castle, the castle for the first time. And I got to tell you, man, Disney World has this thing down to a science. But things have changed over the last couple of years. And like I said, I hadn't been since about 2016, I think was the last time I was there. So call me crazy because I here's a fun story. Every time I used to cover the Astros at spring training in Kissimmee, they'd usually send me by myself, uh, shoot all my video, turn all the stories, and do all that work out there in Kissimmee. So all that stuff happens in the morning. Like the team works out in the morning, do my interviews, do my stories, turn them for the night uh, shows uh, on KHOU. But I'm usually done at about 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So what I would do, because I'm such a Disney nerd, is I would finish all my work and then go to Disney World at night. I would just go to the Magic Kingdom or Epcot or Hollywood Studios. I would just pick one and just go and just hang out there by myself. Yeah, you could call me. You could say that's weird, but I just did it because I love it. I love I love the atmosphere over there. And here's the funny story I, I alluded to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's the funny story I alluded to. Um, so... We were walking around. I didn't really want to see the fireworks show per se that year in 20... This would have been the year before, 2015, I believe. So I was just kind of walking around doing all the rides. While the people were watching the fireworks show, I was walking around doing all the rides. And so I come to, up to It's a Small World, and I, I think it's a great ride. Yeah, it's, it may be kind of boring for some people, but I think it's so cool, you know. Uh, all the world, the whole world getting together, seeing this. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for all that nostalgia and all that... Uh, cutesy stuff, especially at Disney World. So I went to It's a Small World. There was no line. I walked down and got in the boat by myself. Um, and we're ready to go. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm by myself. I got my backpack. I'm here by myself. It's it's a small world. No problem. And then on comes a family of four. And I immediately felt like some weirdo. Was like, okay, here's a guy sitting in the back of a boat on It's a Small World. And uh, here's this family of four probably wondering, what is this dude doing back here by himself on this ride? And they had two kids, you know, husband, wife, two kids. And I don't know if it was the right thing to do, but um, I actually said something to him. I said, hey, how's it going? You guys having a good time? And uh, I, I think it might have made them more comfortable with the fact that there's some weirdo guy by himself sitting on the back of a boat. Because then we started talking about during the ride, we started talking about what I was there to do and where they were from. And we kind of, you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit. So they were super nice people. But I always go back to that story because I, I, I thought I, I could have sworn people thought I was a weirdo going on It's a Small World by myself on this boat. But uh, anyway, Disney World has got it down to a science. Back to my original point. So if you here's my recommendation. If you go to Disney World, if you're going to book a vacation to Disney World, 
first of all, you have to do this months in advance. I started booking this trip probably in early November, started looking up all the details. My re recommendation is, that was three months in advance. My recommendation is you start doing it five months in advance. About five months is a good time to start booking your trip to Disney World. And once you get the resort, we stayed at the Art of Animation Resort, which is awesome for kids. Um, and uh, I highly recommend it. They have four themes to all the rooms and all the, the throughout the hotel. We stayed in the Cars portion, Lightning McQueen, Mater, the whole thing. My son's a huge Cars fan. We walked up. They've recreated Radiator Springs, and he, he absolutely loved it. So they have a Cars portion. They have a Little Mermaid, Finding Nemo, and uh, Lion King at the Art of Animation Studios or Resort, which I highly recommend if you have kids. That's a really fun place to go. They have a bunch of pools. I think they have three pools. Really cool place. So I booked that, and then I started booking the, the parks, right? And so they have different packages that you can buy. I think it's a little cheaper if you buy four-day passes for the parks, which allows you to go to each park every day. And now Disney has a reservation system. So you have to reserve a spot at the park of your choice at the beginning of the day. So I picked out all the, but after that, after you pick out all the parks, you, you have to start booking dining reservations. And that's why I say five months in advance, because one of my biggest recommendations to people, if they're going to go to Disney, is to have lunch reservations, at least one dining reservation at the park that you're going to visit on that particular day. Because it's a nice break from walking around. We walked a ton. My back was killing me most of the week, but we walked a ton. We got to see everything that we wanted to see. But two of the days, I was able to get lunch reservations in two of the parks, and it really provided a nice break, especially if you have kids. Let them go inside. Let them cool off. Let them, you know, rehydrate, refuel with some good food. All the food was great, by the way. Loved it. Um, and that would be my one biggest recommendation is to book a dining reservation, whether it's lunch or dinner, at the uh, at the park that you're going to go to. So that would be my one recommendation. The other recommendation is, if you're going to go to Disney World, you have to buy this service called Disney Genie Plus, what they offer now, which allows you to uh, book reservations for individual rides at the park so you don't have to wait in line. An awesome system, but there's a science to it. There's a trick to it. So... Every day, I would wake up at 7 a.m. So the, the service to book reservations for the rides is available two hours before the park opens on that particular day, right? So most parks, I think, open at 9. I think Epcot's at 10. Animal Kingdom is at 8. And then uh, the other ones are at 9. So two hours before the park opens, you could start booking reservations for rides, right? So I would wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and try to book the rides that my son wanted to go on. Uh, Frozen was one that was huge. Uh, he wanted to go on this Mickey Runaway Rail Car ride. He wanted to go on. He he became a huge fan of roller coasters while we were there. By the way, huge fan. So we went on several roller coasters. Um, but the G the Genie Plus service allows you to book that. And if if I'm boring you at this point with Disney stuff, I'm just telling you this is this is important information. I'm going to get to the sports stuff in a second. But one final note on this: if you're going to Disney World, get the Disney Genie Plus service for the high demand rides. You do have to pay a la carte. So, for example, there was one ride at the Magic Kingdom the last day he wanted to do. Woke up at 7 a.m. Kept refreshing the app, which is essential for any trip to Disney World. Kept refreshing the app. 
Make sure you get a solid time for yourself, and then you have to pay extra to go on that ride at that certain time. It's like buying a ticket, right, to the ride. So that's what we did. So that particular ride, this Seven Dwarfs mine train that he wanted to go on, cool ride, by the way, uh, that cost me 36 bucks for the three of us, my wife, my son, and I. So it's a complicated service. If you're going to Disney World and you have any questions, I'd be happy to let you know how the whole system works. I had a great time. I loved it. My son loved it. Uh, it's just a magical experience. The people are so nice. Nobody was rude. And, and, and the thing about that place, and like most vacations, you know, we, we kind of get, get sucked into this world that we're living in, right? This, you know, social media, high, fast-paced, energy, energetic world that we have to do things all the time. We're, we're consuming information almost 24-7, it seems like, uh, on our phones, social media, news apps, like it's 24 7 right it's nice to take a break it's nice to just detox a little bit from all of that and you know when you go to a place like disney world i i got off social media starting on tuesday i think tuesday was the last day monday we got there tuesday i said okay i'm done uh, i did do some stuff on instagram but i wasn't like scrolling through like you normally do it's so nice to detox and look what we see on social media, that is not real life. It's a, someone alluded to it one time, as a carnival funhouse mirror. People are bickering, people are arguing, people are yelling at each other about stupid, petty things, politics, all sorts of nonsense. It seems like the world is falling apart, but really, in reality, we're all the same. We're all here to have a good time, and you see it at a place like that in Disney World. Everybody's enjoying themselves. Nobody's fighting with one another. It's really cool to see that you know we're 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 gonna be okay. It doesn't the 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 social media world is not real life, okay? Don't think that everything is falling apart just yet. But it is important every now and then to detox, get yourself away from that atmosphere to really see what the world is like. And I thought I thought Disney World offered me that opportunity, offered uh, my you know my son's not on social media, but offers other people that opportunity too to just kind of just get away from it all, man, and just enjoy life. Enjoy the finer things. Enjoy the little things. Just like a kid's smile when he sees Mickey. I mean, that is pure joy. My son loved it. Or when he sees any character, or when he goes on a ride for the first time, when he sees the castle for the all that stuff's really cool. So I think the takeaway from a trip like this is, yeah, we had a great time. Yes, it was tiring. We walked around a lot. We had a, still a lot of fun. But, hey, man, we're all in this together. That's what I always love to say. We're all in this together. And we all respect one another. Don't let the world that we kind of dive into on a daily basis, the news world, the politics world, the bickering, don't let that cloud your judgment of what this world really is all about, what this country is all about. We're all one, man. We're in this together. And uh, I'm just happy that Disney World offered that to me this week. So I highly recommend it. Go to Disney World. It's fun. You hear horror stories from parents. I will say this. I would not go in the summertime. It was crowded when we went in February. I can't imagine that place at the summertime because it's been a long time since I've been during the summer. But uh, just go book a trip, January, February, a couple of days. Your kids are going to love it if you have kids. If not, just go with your significant other. Have fun. Enjoy some of your uh, childhood memories a little bit. So Disney World's a great time. All right, let's talk Super Bowl. Super Bowl is over. The Rams beat the Bengals. It was a good game, as my colleague Jason Bristol said on Sports Extra. 
it was a good game. It, not so much a great game that you're always going to remember. It was like, oh, my God, where were you when you watched that game? Not that type of moment. Not like Tom Brady coming back from down 28-3. to That was a great game. That was a great moment. This was a good game. Um, uh, the game obviously changed a little bit when Odell Beckham went down. It seemed like the Rams were going to control this thing. But then when he went down, their offense kind of uh, went stagnant a little bit. And uh, But, hey, Matthew Stafford winning it. And I, I love to see great players do great things. And to see Aaron Donald and some of those defensive stars that the Rams have take over the game midway through the third quarter, that was fun. That was that was a good time. Um, and I, I love seeing guys like Aaron Donald. And you know what? If he retires, great. Uh, he's had an amazing career. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, but, yeah, the Rams won it. I, I thought they were probably the best team all year long. They were the most complete team. And then when they made some trades during the season, getting Von Miller, getting Odell Beckham, that made them even stronger. Uh, and good for Matthew Stafford, man. Can you imagine what Lions fans feel like today? He was with your team for 11 years, goes to a new team, the first year wins a Super Bowl. Granted, that's a better roster, but man, what the heck? Obviously, the guy's talented enough to win a Super Bowl. Just put pieces around him, and the Lions never did that. So it was a great game. But for me, the most memorable thing about the Super Bowl, I didn't watch the halftime show. I know people are talking about the halftime show. I just didn't really care. I mean, I listened to those songs growing up, those artists a little bit, but it's not really my jam these days. I mean, I'm sure it was fine. I didn't, I mean, I, it doesn't really interest me. Uh, so I didn't watch the halftime show. I went to go get something to eat <laughs> while I was at work during the halftime show. Um, but then the commercials, I always pay attention to the commercials. Dr. Evil one was good. I liked the uh, the electric dog one. I thought that was pretty good, too. Um, but, man, right off the shoot, we got Dr. Strange, a new trailer for Dr. Strange. Dude, that movie looks legit. It looks it looks crazy good. So I'm glad Marvel did that at the beginning because then people talked about that throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole game. And then they gave us a Moon Knight preview. Man, I'm ready. I'm ready for a 2020 20. Yeah, I'm ready for a 2022 full of Marvel surprises. Uh, that Doctor Strange trailer was great. But yeah, Super Bowl was solid. I think things change. I was talking to a friend of mine about this. You know, before I used to be all hyped about the Super Bowl. It's like, oh man, Super Bowl Sunday. We got to do things, a party. We got to get things together for food. I think when you have kids and when you have a lot more responsibility, I think excitement levels for just random sporting events. And in my world, the Super Bowl is kind of a just another sporting event. Like, I'm like all in with my teams. Like, when you get to the point when you have kids, your attention span is very much reduced to what. Uh, to what's important. So my teams are the White Sox and Northwestern football. Aside from that, I don't really get excited about any other games. I used to. I used to get fired up for the Super Bowl or like playoffs for the Astros or teams that you cover. You you have friends that are they're all about team. They don't really care about that stuff anymore. Like I, I'm not I'm not really as into it as I was before. Like appointment viewing. I think that's because of life, you know, life happens and kids. And so a buddy of mine, he does, he's single, he doesn't have any kids. And he was talking about the Super Bowl, the pregame coverage. And I'm like, I don't watch pregame shows anymore. I think that's, that's a waste of time. Uh, it's just a bunch of fluff, like six hours of a pregame show. Like, who's going to sit there and watch six hours of a pregame show? That's just an opportunity to sell advertising. Um, but I, But maybe five years ago, six, seven years ago, it was different for me. I would watch a little bit more. I'd get more hyped up about it. But now it's just kind of like, eh, that's the Super Bowl. Let's watch it at 5.15. Let me turn it on as soon as the game starts. I don't want to see anything before, right when kickoff happens. I don't really care about halftime shows. Just let me watch the game and 
we talk about it on Sports Extra. That's kind of like my philosophy these days. But it was a good game. I, I'm glad it turned out to be a good game. Went all the way down to the wire. I thought the, the Bengals probably should have run on that fourth and one. I know they got stopped on third and one, but just try it again instead of dropping back because they were having so many problems protecting Joe Burrow in the second half. Just run it, pick up another first down, then get another 10 yards. And you got a great kicker. You hadn't missed in the whole playoffs. So I thought that was a mistake, but uh, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Congrats to the Rams, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Ogba, Ogbo, Ogba Okoronkwo, I think is his name. A-Leaf Taylor guy. He won a, he's, he, he won a Super Bowl with the Rams there. And uh, so happy for all those guys, and um, congratulations to them. All right, now to the team that's not going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. In fact, they're 500-1 to odds to win the Super Bowl next year. That's the Houston Texans. The, uh, the awesome Houston Texans, they've hired Lovey Smith as their head coach. And I said this before I left on vacation in that episode that never got posted or never published on any of these podcast uh, platforms. I like Lovey Smith. I like him. I think he's a decent hire. He was good with the Bears until it all fell apart there the last couple of years. He was an awful, awful college coach at Illinois. He was awful, dreadful. He lost to Northwestern, my alma mater, five years in a row. That's how bad he was at Illinois. Um, so I I like Lovey. It's just the way they went about hiring him is the problem for me. And it's it's not a surprise, right? We don't expect anything else from the Texans. It's dysfunction ever since, really ever since Bob McNair passed away. I mean, the organization has really just completely fallen apart especially in the eyes of fans and its reputation. Everything has just completely collapsed. The front office, nobody has any faith in them. And this is a perfect example. I am convinced, I am convinced in this situation, in hiring Lovey Smith, that he was obviously the last resort. I think they were going to hire Brian Flores before that lawsuit was filed. Before he filed the lawsuit against the NFL, alleging racism and saying the Dolphins were trying to pay him to lose and all the things that were involved in that lawsuit that are involved in that lawsuit, I think the Texans were going to hire him. Okay. Uh, but since he sued the NFL, then they went to their second choice, which was Josh McCown. And the Texans really liked the guy. They interviewed him three times over a 12 month span. They liked the guy, but they understood and rightfully so that the PR backlash to hiring a guy with no coaching experience would have been, incredible not that they have any respect around the league anyway and their fans don't really have any faith in the front office right now anyway so hiring a guy with no coaching experience is probably like well that's kind of par for the course and honestly I would have respected the Texans more if they had just hired Josh McCown it probably would have been a disaster and who knows in a couple of years when they fire Lovey Smith they may hire Josh McCown um, but I would have respected him more if they had just hired them. If they thought that he was the right guy for the job all along, hire him. Who cares what other people think? You're not in the business of PR. You're not in the business of making people, you know, happy all the time. You're in the business of winning football games. If you win football games, then you will make people happy. That's how this works. That's how the NFL, that's how professional sports works. Sometimes hires are unpopular. They end up working out okay. And then, you know, fans are fickle anyway. It's that's the the beauty and the and the frustrating part of sports. The fans go up and down and with everything that happens with their team. 
So, yeah, a lot of people probably would have been upset with the Josh McCown hire, but what if he did work out? What if your gut instinct was right in saying, we really like this guy? But they didn't do that because they were more afraid of the PR backlash, which right now their public relations and their um, the respect around the league, like I mentioned, is is in the tank. Nobody thinks that the Texans are being run like a functional organization at this point. So they didn't hire Josh McCown. So then they go back to the fall fallback of Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith was there um, in the press conference that Casario had right after they fired David Cully, they He was asked about Lovey Smith, about whether he would be retained as defensive coordinator. He said, oh, well, those conversations have to keep going on. And, and so they never really fully announced that he was a, an official candidate for the job. I just think that they realized, well, he can't hire a guy who sued the NFL. Okay, so we can't hire a guy that has no coaching experience because everybody's going to think we're crazy, although everybody already does think you're crazy. Uh, so let's hire a guy who's been in the NFL, who's coached in the NFL, who is African-American, so we can check off that box too because, as we all know, the Texans have this – there is this perception around national circles, and it's not true at all. It's kind of a joke, honestly, that the Texans uh, have had their issues with race in the past. I don't think that's true. Bob McNair was not a racist. No way. Talked to the guy many times. He loved his players. He loved the organization. I don't think there's anything true about that assumption with the Texans. But at the same time, if you hire an African-American coach who has experience, well, then there you go. That might calm down those those uh, those notions and the talk of the uh, of the organization um, being racist, which I don't think it is. Um, so then they hired Lovey Smith again. It goes back to kind of overall dysfunction. If you liked a candidate, hire the guy. You have to have conviction in your beliefs. You have to be. You have to have conviction in your gut that if we like a guy like Josh McCown, hire him. Uh, not don't make decisions on whether the PR backlash is going to be bad or, or what. Lovey Smith's going to be fine. I like Lovey. I think he's going to be good. Um, I don't know how many games he's going to win because the roster just isn't very good right now, but I think he's going to be a good coach. Um, we've already seen some tweets from players approving of the hire um, because I think guys respect Lovey Smith as a whole. I just think the overall process was, again, kind of a joke and – I don't. I, I just don't think they they know. I don't think they they understand what to do to run a successful franchise. I, I I just think the perception and whether it's right or wrong, it is what it is. That I think the Texans right now uh, need to do something productive on the field to get any semblance of faith back into this front office. They have to show some something positive this year. If they don't show anything positive this year, then this is just going to continue. But man, we got to see we got to see something. And now Nick Casario's on the hot seat because he hired Lovey Smith. You can give him a pass on David Cully because that's such a one-year deal. They were trying to appease the situation, bring in a guy that nobody really knows. You can fire the guy after one year. He's just a bridge coach. But now you've got your guy. If you believe Lovey is the guy, then we got to see start seeing some results. Next topic goes to uh, Brian Flores, uh, the lawsuit that was uh, filed against the NFL. Well, apparently now he's adding the Texans as a defendant in that lawsuit. Uh, he's filing the motion that the Texans um, 
did not hire him based on the lawsuit that he filed. Well, that's obvious. I, I, I mean, how, 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 why would they hire him? You cannot hire a guy who's just sued the league and, you know, pending litigation against the league. I mean, you just attract all this attention. But the, the thing that got me about Brian Flores was the statement that was released right after Lovey Smith was hired. And this is before I turned off social media. The statement that was released before Lovey Smith, after Lovey Smith was hired, is by the law firm that is representing Brian Flores. Says that, said something to the effect that Brian Flores is happy that the Texans have hired uh, African American coach and Lovey Smith, but at the same time, they didn't hire Brian Flores because of the lawsuit. Like they're saying that okay, well, they showed a bias against him because of, the, but that's obvious. I just don't understand. What what the point of this is? I don't know what the end game here is for this lawsuit. I really don't. I think for Brian Flores, I think the 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 part for him that was key is to try to expose the Dolphins' front office ownership because he clashed with them so many times during his tenure in Miami. I think that he used the rest of the lawsuit to kind of get the national attention because you know outside of outside of the sports circle, if you just if you just sue, if you sue the league or if you start talking about an organization trying to pay you to lose games, that doesn't really gain a lot of traction outside of sports circles. But if you bring in race or you allege uh, malpractice in in hiring processes, then then that brings a little bit more national attention. Brian Flores went on CBS this morning. He went on a lot of other cable news shows. Like so, that brings up a lot more attention to your case and your cause, I don't think he's going to get another job in the NFL. What what team would want to take the risk of hiring a guy, then later on it doesn't work out, then what if he throws out more allegations against them? I just don't think that's a risk that's worth that a lot of teams are willing to take. So Brian Flores might get a good college job somewhere along the line, but I think the true end game for him, he says it's about creating awareness and change in the coaching circles, about hiring more African-American coaches. That might be true in some respects, but I think his end game was to get attention on the Dolphins and how he clashed with ownership and maybe really stick it to them after he got fired. It's like, hey, look, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make you guys look bad. But, yeah. Now he's mentioning the Texans in a lawsuit. I just don't understand what the what the point in that is. Of course they weren't going to hire you because you're suing the league. You're suing the the NFL. So they're not going to hire you. And to say that he wasn't hired and that was bad that he wasn't hired because of that, I mean, I just think that's kind of nonsense. So I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know what the end game is there. I just don't think he's going to get another opportunity in the NFL for a while. I think he'll probably land up in end up in some college somewhere. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. One other thing that happened, uh, James Harden was traded. I saw that. Uh, well, it really worked out in Brooklyn, didn't it? Wow, this is a shock that it that it flamed out like it did here in Houston. It just goes back to my, my statement that no team with James Harden is ever going to win an NBA championship because he is all about himself, not really about the team. We saw that here in Houston. We saw that again and again in New Jersey. He kind of checked out of certain games. The Nets are falling in the standings, which is great for the Rockets. If the Nets somehow miss the playoffs and end up in the lottery, the Rockets hold their picks. So that's that's awesome for the Rockets. So this couldn't have worked out better for Houston. James Harden now with Philadelphia, reunited with Daryl Morey, who has some sort of fascination with James Harden. I don't get it. 
And today they announced that Harden is going to miss uh, a week or two. He's going to miss the All-Star game because he's still recovering from uh, an injury. Look, that's not going to work out. It ain't going to work out. I'll be stunned if they win a championship, but I don't think it's going to happen in Philadelphia because no team with Harden on it is ever going to win a championship in the NBA. All right, as I said, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, as I said off the top, go to Disney World if you have kids. Huge, uh, huge recommendation there. Uh, I'm back. I'll have more episodes later this week. Stories on the uh, on the air on TV as well. Uh, so uh, we'll see what develops over the next couple of weeks, and we will hopefully get some baseball news soon. I want spring training to start. It's supposed to start this week. We have no baseball yet. I really want that season to start on time. I can't believe we're only about a month and a half away from the baseball season starting. They got to get their act together. Let's get these guys back on the field. I want to see baseball every night on my television. That is for sure, because the White Sox are winning the World Series this year. I uh, I am picking them to go all the way. So that'll do it for me on this episode of the podcast. I will talk to you later. Episode 93 in the books. See you soon. <laughs>